everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I met just briefly at a wedding. She's related to the groom, and I'm friends with the bride. Um, The bride, Laura, was actually a guest on season one. And my friend Laura told me that I need to keep in touch with her, with my guest, because we both uh, practice Catholicism. We write about our faith. She recently had an article published in U.S. Catholic. She's an IT project manager and a mom. And we're both named Julia, and we have connections to Ohio. It's Julia Aldrich. Hi, Julia. Hi, nice to meet everyone. Um, Yes. (laughs) It is great to be here. I'm so excited to kind of chat through Philippians today. I know. I'm excited too. Is there anything else you'd like to share about yourself? I gave a little bit of background, but. I I have my undergraduate degree and I have a master's in theology too. And actually many, many moons ago, I served in the army in Hawaii, which was great. Um, What were your favorite parts about being in Hawaii? Oh my goodness. The palm the trees, the weather. There's so so many things. The lava flow drinks with the umbrellas, right? It, yes. it was lovely. And I met my husband there in a bar. Oh, <laughs> so. that's so cool. How long were you in Hawaii? How long were you stationed there? It was about four years. And you guys met like pretty early on in that or we later We did. On? And he moved to Ohio. And so that's how we ended up here. He's actually in the Navy. Um, so we moved to Ohio and we've been here, oh gosh, now five, six years. Oh, wow. And then where did you do your undergraduate and your, your degrees? I did my undergraduate at Mount St. Mary's University in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when we moved to Ohio, um, University of Dayton has a program. So I went to University of Dayton for my master's in theological studies. Awesome. I am familiar with, I mean, being from Ohio, that was like the big Catholic school. I mean, there oh, are other yeah. Catholic schools in Ohio, but um, that was the one that I applied to. And I ultimately decided to go to the Catholic University of America. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I uh, was looking to study music at Dayton, actually, because I, I am a musician as well. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, they have a great campus and great program. So um, they're mar- run by the Marinists, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. So it's a, there is a real strong sense of community there. And mm-hmm. um, I, I had a blast when I was there. It was, it was really informative and it was nice to be there kind of steeped in that tradition. Yeah. Um, I work kind of with the Marinists now. They have a bunch of social justice committees, and I'm on um, one of their social justice umbrella committees, education committee. So, um, yeah, I love the Marinists. It's great. We have so many connections. This is why Laura wanted us to to connect. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you picked a passage that I'm excited to talk about. It's a very joyful, happy passage. You've picked Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and um, I'm going to have you read that for us. Sure. So I'm going to read it from my New American Bible. It's actually my Catholic study Bible, my very used edition from (laughs) Mount St. Mary's. So there's footnotes everywhere and there are pages spilling out. I love it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again. Rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all. The Lord is near. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. Okay, so I'm going to give a little bit of background on Philippians and kind of where we're at. We've done a couple of pa- uh, passages from Philippians on the podcast. We did um, a episode on chapter one and also on chapter two. And um, I would say, though, this verse that you've picked is probably the most famous from Philippians, aside from Philippians 2. As we've said before, Philippi is in Greece, and it was the first Christian community established in Europe. Paul was probably imprisoned when he wrote this letter, which makes this message of joy and peace even more remarkable for me. And this uh, Philippians has actually been deemed the letter of joy. And I feel like you really get that from this passage. So this is the letter short. It's only four chapters. And this is in section um, four, chapter four. And we're getting instructions, which many of Paul's letters are like instructions to these new Christian communities. So my first question, though, for all of my guests is, why did you choose this passage, Julia? I have loved this verse for a really long, or these verses for a really long time. Um, We, I'm pretty sure it's in, you know, when you get your packet to go and get married in the Catholic Church, they give you a list of different verses you can choose from. And I'm pretty sure it's listed in there. But I do know that. Either way, we chose it to be read at our wedding. Um, Mm. And I love that he is, he's so insistent. I mean, it's so typical Paul, right? Where he's like, yeah, rejoice. And there's an Mm -hmm. exclamation point. It is a command. You will rejoice. Mm -hmm. And so in that action of rejoicing, the thing that comes from that is peace. So you give, and then the thing that you get is peace. And I just, I love that. And I feel like it's such a great message, no matter where you're at in your life, but especially for me now, with two little girls running around, it's so easy to kind of get caught up. And so remembering that of, okay, rejoice in in this, sometimes in this madness, and then the peace follows that. Oh, I love that. I love that connection that in the joy and the rejoicing that there will come peace. And I definitely want to talk about that. I'm curious as to why you picked it for your wedding among all of the, it's not a typical, I haven't heard this. I've been to many weddings and I have not heard this, heard this at too many. Why did you guys pick this? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's funny. We, you know, we went back and forth on a couple of different ones. Um, but I think really, like, have no anxiety at all, but in mm-hmm. everything, right? As you're prepping for a wedding, it's such a big thing. Not just mm-hmm. the day, but everything that you're entering into. It's such a huge commitment to this other person. Mm-hmm. And so when we're reading through, you know, it's that recognition of, okay, it, it's okay. Take a deep breath it's going to be wonderful and it might be difficult because marriage is, it's hard. Um, Mm -hmm. That's kind of evidenced by the divorce rate, right? That it's really hard to work with another person in in that bond, but keep doing it. And, and the peace of God will be with you. And in that sense, it, you know, it's the peace of God will be with me and with my husband, Jeff. That's great. I think that's really well said. I, I wish that more couples would kind of look at this. I think that they, I always hear the classic first Corinthians 13 love and the definition of love is beautiful that Paul gives in that letter. But I feel like I also think a little bit of like, have you seen the movie wedding crashers? Yes. With like Vince, that's, I mean, they, they like quote it, right. They're like, I'm going to guess, you know, first Corinthians. And it's totally, that's <laughs> the one I hear all the time. Um, but back to this passage. So you mentioned that the command to rejoice and like what Paul is saying, like commanding them to rejoice, then ultimately will bring peace. And you mentioned that like in your daily life, when maybe you're not rejoicing in the moment, like you're reminded and, and how does that bring you peace? Like what did, what do you think see is the connection between like joy and peace and rejoicing? So, so I'll kind of dial back to my first daughter's birth. Um, 
So I'll, I'll give you the whole story. And this yeah, really I love a story. Love it. It's <laughs> back to that article that was published. So it was in 2019. It was in February. She was born. It was a tricky, difficult birth, difficult recovery. And then in March, my husband, who is still in the Navy Reserves, he deployed. So he went to Africa mm. for 10 months. And we're in Ohio. My parents are in Pennsylvania. They're like a nine-hour drive. So I'm kind of just in the midst of this feeling of helplessness that I have never encountered before. Like it's it's hard, you know, when, when your daughter or son is born, that separation of what was one, that separation of flesh is so hard. Um, mm. It's hard mentally, emotionally, physically. So it would have been hard no matter what. And then to have my partner be mm-hmm. so far away was just, it, it wasn't what I imagined for those first months of mm-hmm. postpartum life, right? And so I totally struggled with anxiety. I had postpartum depression. I had postpartum depression really bad. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but, you know, coming back to this, like coming back to Paul, who he's under arrest, right? He's either in prison mm-hmm. or he's under house arrest. Mm-hmm. And he knows he's got to know he's going to die. And it's not going to be pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just taking that and kind of taking that in my heart of, okay, you do actually have some agency if you make the choice to rejoice in this, then that piece is going to flow. And I found Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it it took me a few months and it took people who knew me at my core, one of them being my dad actually to say, this isn't you. Mm -hmm. These layers aren't you, you know, and and to kind of poke at that and say, I I, I see you in there deep down um, Mm -hmm. and I want to help you. It's interesting. I was recording earlier with another guest and um, we also talked about depression and mental illness and anxiety. And, and it's it's so good that I think that we're finally talking about these issues. I think for so long, women obviously have been suffering from postpartum for, you know, since since birth has happened and, and we just never talk yeah. about it. And I think it's so great that you are, um, you know, writing about it, speaking about it, because so many people can relate. And then to bring our faith in it too. I struggled with depression when I was um, younger in my teens and early 20s, as many people do. And I do found that, you know, therapy and counseling and, and all those things were helpful, but also my faith life. And Paul is so great, as you mentioned too, because he was going through all of these struggles and anxieties and nervousness. And yet in this, he he rejoices and his faith grows stronger. So I don't know if he wanted to, to jump in, but just like how Paul is such a model of this is something you were saying before. I think it's so true. He's such a huge model. I mean, and mm-hmm. we find models throughout the Bible. And right. I, I found uh, Mary to be particularly beautiful to think about in this context. Um, mm. And there's some debate amongst theologian friends of mine, you know, is could Mary have had postpartum depression? Could she have had postpartum anxiety? My answer is a resounding yes, because mm-hmm. it, it's not a sin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's just, it's something that happens. And to me, it's very much a part of the human condition and what it means to be human is that we have Mm -hmm. these really deep emotions. We have concerns. We want to do what's right and what's good. Um, And when you're faced with the unknown, particularly childbirth or thinking back through the last year and a half of not quite knowing where the path is leading, of course you you stumble and you you struggle to kind of see through the darkness that's cast. I love that. I've always struggled with my relationship with Mary, I think, because as Catholics, we paint her as this perfect, and I mean, she was, she was without sin, you know, but I love 
that you bring up these more human possibilities. And again, I think we're finally starting to see her as this like very young Middle Eastern Jewish, you know, was unmarried at the time, like these these factors that were against her, you know, a bit like she, she was so strong in and God chose her to do this powerful thing, even though she was all of these things that maybe our society points to as like weak or um, not desirable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so funny to think, you know, Mary Meek and Mild and it's like, okay, yeah. she gave birth in a cave. So <laughs> right. I don't know that that's accurate. It's like she, she was tough. You right. Know? And, and, and then thinking through the postpartum period of like she had visitors coming. They weren't sure, you know, if, if they were safe. I mean, just all mm-hmm. these different factors. Um, and that kind of links back to Paul, too, where Paul really, he he knew in particular, right? And I say he, he knew what was coming because he had been one of the ones who had persecuted in the past. Right. Um, so he very much knew what his life was leading to and what he mm-hmm. was marching to. And, and that's what it means to be a follower of Christ is it, maybe it's not physical death, but it is this death to self and and it's mm-hmm. it's it's difficult it's not a simple thing that we are asked to do totally and i i i agree i feel like um paul is was aware of all that he throughout his letters he's he's talking about his weaknesses and how christ and and his relationship with christ is what makes him stronger and what what gets him through and so that's i think also why this um passage is so beautiful and a pretty famous passage um i think mostly that verse 8 is something like Philippians 4.8 is a pretty common, we, we've t- discussed in the podcast before, I feel like there's certain verses that you see on like pillows or like, and you know, I feel like you go into Hobby Lobby. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Philippians 4.8 is one of those verses. I don't know. Do you agree? Yes, I totally agree. You know, it's why do you think that is? <laughs> I think because people can find this, you know, a common happiness in it, a common kind of drumbeat of, okay, this, yeah you know, this, this human connection across the board. Um, and Paul in general, he, he's just so catchy, right? Yeah. You know, his, his writing is, it's great. You know, we're looking at this thousands of years later and it still has relevance to us today. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I love Paul for so many reasons, but uh, his run on sentences, <laughs> I can relate to, I tend to do that in my writing and my talking and it's like, okay, but he always gets to the point and I, I, you know, I, <laughs> he's a good model for that as well. But, um, but this verse, like verse four, eight, I think our society is so, we are so anxious and, you know, obviously right now for, for good reason with the pandemic that we're living in. Um, but I think it's good for us to be reminded. So maybe like this verse is good for us to kind of put up in our homes because we need to be reminded whatever is good, whatever is just, you know, think of those things because we always tend to focus on the negative. Um, I don't know if you wanted to jump we in. We do. And yeah. our news media, you know, that doesn't help or the constant notifications, seeing right. all of these things. I mean, I I definitely struggled with social media, you know, so as part of kind of my postpartum depression depression treatment or regimen, there were things that I kind of did and instituted to help myself feel better. And one of those things was deleting those Mm -hmm. applications off my phone (laughs) because it was just stressing me out. You know, there's enough stress kind of checking on the baby, making sure she's breathing, making sure everything's good. Um, I didn't need that added stress and pressure. And I think that's where, you know, he's like, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy about praise, think about these things, Mm -hmm. these not all of the other things that it's so easy to get caught up in, but think about the good. 
Mm-hmm. I've been reflecting on this kind of in not these exact words, but like in my own, just that it's so cheesy, but that attitude of gratitude, right? Like I, I tend to in my prayer and just in life in general, look at the things that I'm lacking. And I just have been more in my prayer, trying to remind myself of the places where I have not just just have, but like have an abundance, you know, like my family is healthy. I have a job and just in fostering those like attitudes of, of gratitude, because then when you and it's kind of like what we're saying here, like when you're focusing on the joy, then you I don't know, it helps remedy the the darkness that maybe is there. Do you yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It is funny, too. That was one of the things that my dad had pointed out. And actually, a coworker of mine pointed that out, too. And he said, hey, look, I I know this is going to be tough to hear, but you've actually got it pretty good. And yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm home alone with this kid, you know, and we're, we're talking through and, but through his lens, it, it was good, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I look back in time and I think, wow, yeah, how, how beautiful that time was with my daughter. And I look at the positives. I, I flew with her 25 different times. I, we went to Paris together. We went to Stuttgart, Germany together to meet up with my husband. Um, we had so much support from my parents, from friends, we spent so much time with the person she's named after, Joanna, her great-grandmother, before she passed. And that wouldn't have happened if my husband hadn't deployed just the way that the mechanics of things worked. So that you're right, that attitude of gratitude, it does sound cheesy, but then when you mm-hmm. kind of take stock, you're mm-hmm. like, wow, this is this is pretty good life and, and this is it. We're in it. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're not waiting. And, and in a sense, you know, Paul says that, like, the Lord is near and that parousia of Christ is coming. Like, and, and for Paul, it was like, he's going to come and it's going to be pretty quick. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think living in that of, yeah, the Lord is near, it's coming and let's appreciate where we are and, and what we have. I like that you point out that that's from verse five, your kindness should be known to all the Lord is near. I really, that is a good, I think there's so much in here that we can just kind of hold on to in those moments when we are anxious, you know, to think that the Lord is near. I think that's a really good mantra to to remind ourselves. And then also maybe how our behavior might change if the Lord is near too. You know, I think that's a good reminder. There's so many nice little reminders in here. I don't want to like discount, you know, mental illness is, is real and they're, you know, just thinking happy thoughts is not going to totally remedy. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need to get, get help for, for mental illness. But um, I, I do think Paul is on to something here in just like those those switches, like our little, like we're talking about, like kind of an adjustment in our our thinking. I think that's what he's describing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I'll be honest too. When I went into the doctor, and I just, I kind of, you know, fell apart at her feet, um, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Hey, you have postpartum depression," which was mm-hmm. a shock to like me and only me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was like, "Oh my gosh, really? Is that right. why I feel terrible?" But mm-hmm. she said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to put you on Zoloft. You know, it's an SSRI, so I'm, I'm going to put you on Zoloft and." I did, I have this, this misconception that I would be on this medication and it would make me feel, I don't know, like over the top bubbly or not like myself. And what it really did is it kind of just lifted that fog. Mm-hmm. And then in conjunction with that, because eventually, you know, I, I stopped so off, right? So it's like mm-hmm. I, I had to kind of do the work in with that where mm-hmm. the medication kind of that, that pulled the fog out, lifted me out of that. And then as part of that, making sure that my prayer life was straight, you know, mm-hmm. that I was, that I was in that as well. And that I was committed. Um, mm-hmm. So, so it's interesting how those things kind of work together um, mm-hmm. to help heal me and, and mm-hmm. kind of help me move forward. Right. 
Absolutely. My experience was very similar again. And, you know, I, I still go on and off struggling with, with a little bit of depression, but nothing as severe as when I was younger. But yeah, the, the initial, getting the initial help that I needed and then kind of learning how to manage that. And my prayer is definitely a part of, of how I manage that, like taking that time in the morning, journaling. I know with, as a mom, you probably don't have as much time. <laughs> so like, how do you, how do you kind of center yourself and do those daily practices as someone who's, you know, life is not entirely their own. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. Um, and then it's been difficult with church um, mm-hmm. over the last year and a half, right? So our church has been has been open. And so we've taken the girls whenever, whenever they're not sick, which feels like more often than not, they're sick with something mm-hmm. from daycare, right? But we go and actually, it's so interesting because so Jojo's two and a half, Jane is almost six months. And something about the atmosphere there they're both so calm. It doesn't mm. matter if they've slept that day or not. They just, they kind of are lulled and it, it's mm-hmm. probably the music and it's the community. And so I get this peaceful hour to spend as a family with them that normally helps me recenter my week and also digest what my previous week was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as far as journaling, it's, I, I do miss it because I, I don't have as much time. But when I nurse, so my daughter's six months, you know, the last six months, whenever I nurse her, I try to take time either to read something or to just kind of sit and put the phone down and be Mm -hmm. um, and pray and have that connection back. And and also appreciating those moments, um, the beauty of these little lives in front of you and the growth that's happening and letting that connect me back to God and kind of recognizing that I'm in Christ's presence Um, Mm -hmm. even if it's, even if it's a struggle or you're tired or, 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 right. But that Christ is near. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I love how all the things that you're saying, I think do tie to this passage, you know, keeping those rituals, being present in the moment, putting the phone down, just appreciating the moment that you're in, you know, rejoicing because that will bring you peace and reflecting that the Lord is near. I think these are all things that we're talking about and they're, they're so, I'm so great grateful to hear you say that like it's doable you know because I think sometimes we think about this stuff and it's like oh yeah this is great abstract yeah this is lovely but like how do we practically do that so I think you've given some some good practical um, applications of this what else would you like to say about this passage Julia so this kind of relates just to what we were talking about but that it's doable I I used to remember my mom growing up you know she during commercial breaks she'd like get down and do like 90s style leg exercises with the weights on her legs and god and bless I, her <laughs> that's not what i do during commercials <laughs> so i was talking to her recently and she says see do you see why i used to take those moments you know now you know why why i would kind of steal those away to just to do some leg exercises right and it's similar here too, where it's not going to be the way it was before. You're not going to have as much time or even with your spouse, right? You're not going to have the same type of interrupted time with your spouse, but you're going to have little moments that you can sneak with God, that you can kind of squirrel away for for yourself and for your relationship and your faith. Um, So you've got to take those opportunities when they come to you and just appreciate Mm -hmm. them when they're, when they're handed to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me as a, a single person, um, that phone and you mentioned social media and turning that off, I I find that that is helpful for me because when we were ta- we were talking about your mom, I immediately during commercial like pick up my phone right, and so my yeah. my brain is never like it's always going. There's no like it's never uninterrupted. Um, so I last Advent or 
Yeah, it was Advent. I decided I was not going to just reach for my phone first thing in the morning and like take that time. And that really did develop into this whole year. I've been pretty good about like first thing is not looking at my phone, but it's taking time in prayer before I take a shower or go to work or whatever. And I, I just, that simple practice I, I find has been really helpful and beneficial for me in the morning. That is such a great idea. Yeah, because yeah. It, it is such a temptation in that time, you know, the time just kind of flies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I might try and adopt that myself too, because a lot of times the, the alarm goes off and I'll <laughs> use the bright light to to wake myself up and then scroll through mm-hmm. the news. And so I'm going to adopt that practice myself and just, hey, I'm going to take a break from it in the first thing in the morning. Yeah, it just was, it was bothersome to me that the first thing I do is like grab my phone. Like I hate that I've become that. So I think, you know, having the first thing, even if it's just a quick like prayer, I think, you know, even if I can't sit down and journal for an hour, it's just a quick, not my, my first initial reaction is not to grab my phone. I try to be mindful of that. Um, I don't know if you've gotten into TikTok at all. Are you? I have not. (laughs) And I'm scared too. Yeah, don't. It will suck. That will suck you in. I I teach middle schoolers. So I made fun of my students for so long about all these TikTok dances and things. And then I, then with the quarantine, I got into it and I'm like, I, you will lose an hour. So don't do it. Oh man. Okay. I'm not even going to touch it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't touch it. Don't do it. Also, this is another random thing. I, um, so you mentioned your daughter's names are Joanne and Jane and you're Julia. Is yes. your husband also a J? He is a J. Oh my God. My family, J. my family's all J's too. This no is a, way. It's, it's a weird Ohio thing, I think, or maybe, I don't know. You're, you said you're from Pennsylvania, but. So yeah, that's like, so Jeff and I met, we met in that bar in Pearl Harbor and it was like, okay, Julia and Jeff. And then when we found out we were pregnant, found out it was a girl and it's the first great grandchild. So he goes, come on, we got to name her Joanna. We got to name her after your grandmother. And then when second girl came along, it was like, okay, we're at a decision point. Do we do the J? Do we not? And so we, we lean toward J. Um, what are your names? So my, my dad is John. My mom is Jeanette. I'm Julia. And then my sister is Janet, which is really confusing because it's very close to Jeanette, but not yes. Jeanette. It's Janet. And then um, she married, my sister married a man named Josh. And then I dated like some J's and for a long time, like growing up, my cousins on one side are Lauren and Leah. And I just really thought that like your siblings and your family had to be like (laughs) the same initial for a really long time. It's so weird. (laughs) You know, it's funny. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, actually, it's funny, Joanna and James, (laughs) they had the same birthday just a year apart. And wow. so my dad thought the same thing as far as birthdays. He's like, oh, okay, that's how you find your spouse is that you have the same birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's so great. Anyways, that was a total aside, but I think it's so funny and another connection that we have. But yes, um, <laughs> as we wrap up, what else, what kind of um, takeaways would you like us to, to have about this passage? I mean, I have a takeaway, which is the phone thing where I'm not going to reach for that. So I'm kind of excited to, you know, re-implement this. And and then I think that the other takeaway I have is, you know, that last line, then the God of peace be with you. And Mm. I have a mind that will kind of run and run fast. And I didn't have this problem and I'm 30 now. So I didn't have this problem in my 20s. I certainly didn't have it in my teens where my mind would just kind of run. And so you know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to feed Janie and try and go back to bed and my mind just going, going, going. And so recently I've been trying to just, when it runs away from me, I'll just say, okay, peace, peace, Mm -hmm. peace. And it kind of quiets. And so I think, you know, that's just another tie back to this, to this passage Mm -hmm. and, and that, 
I'll, I'll call it a, a mandate almost of Paul where he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. rejoice. And then you get mm-hmm. that peace. And so just reminding ourselves of that, that it, that it is possible. It is achievable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my takeaway as well. There's a lot of little um, good mantras in here, as I mentioned. I like that you called out the mandate to rejoice. That's a good reminder. And the peace and the and Lord being near. I think I'm such a, I don't, I'm not an optimist. I'm like a realist. And so a lot of this kind of language, it's like, oh, it's very happy and bubbly. And that's, again, not necessarily me. But I think um, there are there are a lot of real things in here. Like we've just, we've talked about like tangible things. So I like how Paul is is real, but also positive at the same time. I think that's what we need right now. It is. I totally agree. It's exactly what we need. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for doing this. At the end, I give my guests an opportunity to plug anything like websites or events or anything you'd like us to check out. So you did publish an article, as I mentioned at the beginning. So where can people learn more about you or check some things out about you? Um, That is on U.S. Catholic. So a quick Google. And yeah, I'm actually with that, I'm kind of curious, like if anybody has, um, you know, thoughts about Mary, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and, you know, you can hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm Julia Aldrich. I'm in Ohio. So Mm -hmm. I would love to hear from you. Cool. And and if you all like to um, be in touch with me, I'm on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Miss Struckley one M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y. E-L-Y-1. And I'd love to chat with people about scripture. If you'd like to be a guest, let me know. Um, But again, Julia, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It was great to be here. Bye, everyone.